0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the most glorious of events, the Movie Mavericks Podcast. This outstanding program is hosted by 2 fine gentlemen, Jason and Trevor. Now make it so.
1: MovieMavericks.com Hey, now everybody, welcome to episode 370 of the Movie Mavericks podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over to Jason Rugard, who uh, is oddly sitting right next to me, virtually. Well, we uh, are, yeah. he's got to run down for us. Through the
0: power <laughs> of alien magic and the internet, we are next to each other, even though we are miles apart. Although it's good to see you and rub shoulders with you again. It's been too long. Yep. Uh, for those of you that are just listening and don't know, we are doing our inaugural video on the YouTube channel for the Movie Mavericks. Uh, this is going to be in companion with our... Uh, auditory releases every week so if you want to see our our beautiful mugs you can go ahead and check us out on the on the youtube channel it's been a long time since we did this before we did it about nine years ago and it wasn't the greatest quality back then and uh, technology has caught up to us and so has age but uh, you get to see our beautiful faces still here well we're still here, we're still doing it, 10 years in. Yeah, 11 years. We've
1: been doing this for a decade. We have, not, yeah, on, not on
0: YouTube, though. Not on YouTube, but <laughs> we have been so. podcasting since uh, when there was only but a few hundred podcasts. and that You can check that out. Now there are millions, and we appreciate you guys that are still listening and now watching our videos. But tonight we're going to be talking about a lot of movies, things that we had gotten caught up with, things that we hadn't seen, some that he had seen that I hadn't yet, and mm-hmm. now vice versa. we talk about Tenet, Unhinged, Little Things... Uh, Run hide fight. We're going to be talking about the War with Grandpa. We've about a lot of things that you guys probably haven't heard of or have been thinking about watching yourselves. Maybe you've even seen some of these things. But first, let's do this trivia game. Trevor's got this trivia game that he keeps popping out and uh I think we're about 50-50 <laughs> on overall for the season, right? Are we are we about
1: 50-50? Yeah. Okay. I think we're still 50-50 right now. We we get some right, some wrong. This is the book here obsessed with Hollywood. You can see the graphic a lot better. Um it's a cool little thing, little electronic thing, but a little. I just like to preface it this our
0: thing by saying that my general knowledge of film, even though you know, between the two of us, we know a lot about movies and, and trivia, but it only goes for me until about early 1970s. From 70s to to current, I'm, I'm I'm solid, but when you start getting in some 40s, but like when you start getting into the 30s or some spots in the 50s, my, my knowledge gets real shitty.
1: Oh uh, yeah, fifties and and pasts can be pretty rough, and it's, and even sixties and seventies, depending on the genre and what it is. Um, obviously, we weren't born quite back then to be to uh, have watched a lot of those movies, so it's a lot easier to to stick to a I don't know, a living decade there. You know,
0: well, and movies weren't as readily available um, as they are now. You couldn't just see uh, you know a random film from the fifties unless your local video store had it back then or some sort of cable channel. A lot was of the
1: classics it. they did have though, even on VHS. Fair.
0: I mean, I saw a lot of films uh, for the first time in film school mm. that we had never. I, mean, I never saw The Maltese Falcon before, um, The uh-huh. Big Sleep, things like that. Like movies that you figured you had seen. Uh, I love Double Indemnity because of that. I never had experienced it before. Sure, yeah, that's a great flick.
1: So we're doing a guilty pleasures here. Oh, I'm. I'm I, I live on guilty. Well, pleasures. I don't know if it's. I mean, it is guilty pleasures, and the the image here, if you can see it, is Steven Seagal.
0: I feel extremely so, confident in this conversation <laughs> right now. I was so going right to bring up to you recently to just go ahead and watch the Under Siege movie, and I hope that uh, you're on board about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we got?
1: All right. It says according to the tagline for Four Rooms, how many outrageous guests are featured in the film? A ten, B seven, C fifteen, or D twelve. Four rooms. I do not remember okay. how many outrageous guests are featured. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go um, through this. Let's go through this. The tagline: Four rooms, twelve guests. Mm,
0: I want to say there's fifteen, Seven? but but twelve sounds right. 15? I want to say twelve. It's either twelve or fifteen because Antonio Banderas is in the one with his kids. Isn't is there three of them in
1: that room? Okay, there's at least two in each other room. I've not seen this movie since '95, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, and I can—I know what the cover looks like, but I do not remember what the tagline says.
0: I thought this was going to be a question I... about Steven Seagal. To be honest with you, I feel like you kind of baited and switched <laughs> me a little bit. I, I, I did a little bit there. Sorry about that. I would have been better off with a question about Steven Seagal than four rooms. Ah, uh, fuck. I'm gonna go with—I'm uh, gonna go twelve. Actually, I think that's a better number.
1: Yeah, all right, all right, 12, for 12,
0: 12. And that is correct. We go 12. Thank you very much. We go 12. I'm glad you went with my, my choice. All right, there. you know, one buys you two. We got to do another one.
1: <laughs> all right, 2153. Let's do it. Ah, a little affirmation that
0: we still have our wits about us, even though we're just flailing on this podcast right now yes I what do
1: we got uh luckily this is contemporary films mm-hmm. it says i think 53 no we just uh we're just at the last we're at the end of obsessed with hollywood mm. oh no sorry that's
0: this that is one, gonna contemporary be temporary would have been better the golden era yeah all right what do you got
1: tom mullen's son is kidnapped and held for a two million dollar ransom in this aptly titled thriller ransom mm-hmm that's not totally out of there, but... Uh, what is his son's name? Ooh, I don't... Uh, Corey, Sean, David, or Brad? Sean. You think it's Sean? Sean. I have, I have absolutely no it idea. It's going to be Sean. I mean, it could be. It could be Corey, too. Actually, it could be any of them, but you, you're going to go with Sean. I'm going with Sean. I'm, you, I'm seem, fir- you seem very confident, so I'll back you up on that one. Because then... You're right. It is Sean. You know, you got to go until you lose. I feel that one
0: more... Is, is This is why you can't take me to a casino
1: Oh it's a low number too
0: uh, you, you know why I got that right Is because I just recalled the trailer right. with Mel Gibson In the 1996 remake Where he's screaming uh, to get Brody You know that's Brody Nolte Nick Nolte's son playing his son in the movie And it was Sean mm-hmm. I just remember him saying that for some reason in the trailer So,
1: oh. well, little, so you cheated
0: I basically used common core math movie <laughs> style To get the answer on that one
1: Alright alright So we got a 570. So that puts us in movie quotes and dialogue. Great. Um, uh, In Touch of Evil, Schwartz says, Hank was a great detective, all right. What is Tanya's response to this? I have no idea. (laughs) And a lousy cop? Compared to what? He's a great detective just so long as he's dead, despite all evidence to the contrary. It's
0: compared to what? I want to say. I saw this one time in film school and we really, we had to watch, you remember watching this? We had to yeah, watch that 10 minute tracking shot that opens it at the, the carnival
1: there. I don't remember this part though. <laughs> I want to
0: say it's compared to what?
1: I feel like, uh, um, despite all evidence, to the contrary sounds, sounds pretty good. That's what I would have written. All right, but We'll split. I don't, I don't know that that's right, <laughs> but we'll do B. No. What is it? It's a, what? And a lousy cop. Well, that just sucks.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, we're going two for three, which is uh, higher than our average okay. has been, so we're at the
1: 75%.
0: Not bad, though. Not bad. I'm, I'm I have. going to pat ourselves on the back for our accomplishment today.
1: Yeah, I have not. Uh, um, see, that's the hard thing about a lot of this trivia, though, is that you have to somehow have this stuff uh, on fast recall right, right away. Well, especially if
0: it's time trivia. You know, a lot of these, uh, when they were when bars were open and in clubs, they were doing a lot of
1: game nights and, and trivia type stuff. Well, I just don't remember the, um, specifics, I guess, to that degree. Uh, you're pretty no, good about story while points. While,
0: you'll remember story points more than, um, and I'll remember more like, yeah, but you're good about story points. You'll pull up a story and go, oh, well, this happened, this happened. I remember like the overall arc. and You'll remember like the subplots within the movie as well. You're good about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, two out of three Not too bad Let's move on and talk about the movies right, yeah. of the night The first one of the night The big summer blockbuster The movie that was going to save cinemas Did it save cinemas? What do you think? Are cinemas saved?
1: Yeah, not only did it save it once, it saved cinemas twice From recoming sure. back out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it did it twice, right? It came out, it was going to save cinemas And then it came out again And saved them again Saved them twice and how good this movie To be is. fair,
0: this did make about $60 million, which is the high point of the U.S. box office since the pandemic started a year ago. And it's made more than Wonder Woman. But, you know, I don't want to bash this without saying some positive things. I am very back and forth on Nolan films. <laughs> I, thinking over the whole filmography, the only one I truly love is Batman Begins. Dark Knight, I yeah. respect dark knight rises i mean i find dark knight a little too nihilistic it's a little too downtrodden for me and and maybe that's because of all the heath ledger stuff associated with it but even the storyline is is very nihilistic and dark knight rises is you know there's a lot of stuff attached to that movie with the theater shooting so i never felt i never got into it when i saw it in the theater and i've seen it since and it still doesn't grab me and i don't know if it's because i have a block there and i think about the the real life thing associated when that movie came out but Regardless, Nolan's last few films, *Interstellar*, um, just didn't didn't grip me, and this one left me cold as well. But I do think I do think Robert Pattinson is the best thing in the movie. Kenneth Branagh is fantastic. Washington is just fine; he's just good enough. Um, but I'm really sold now as Pattinson as Batman, having seen him in *Tenet*. Did you get that vibe at all? Mm-hmm. Do you think that he commanded the screen more than you thought he would have?
1: yeah i liked him in it quite a bit and he has the most interesting viewpoint of the whole thing as it goes down i said more than anybody else so his character is probably in the most um interesting place during the whole thing i I don't know this movie's um like a time loop time kind of plays forward but they also have a way of, of going backwards in time or reversing time basically um shouldn't be surprising that's pretty much what they 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 show you but they don't want you to know somehow for some reason yeah it's
0: it's a Nolan um, gimmick as well but, another Nolan gimmick
1: yeah I mean and like the setup to this movie as well is there's there's a lot of setup this movie's super slow uh, especially in, in the first half of it is just so slow to finally get to the point that you've already guessed you already know mm-hmm. you know and it's a time loop so it kind of Gives itself away for a lot of things. Like, you, you, you've you come to expect these things if you've seen any movie that has a time loop in it, right?
0: Yeah, you know the cliches and tropes know. of the genre, in a sense. Because, I mean, time travel movies like yeah. this are a subgenre into themselves. And uh, it's, now it's not necessarily a time travel movie, but it's messing with the linear format of storytelling. And, uh,
1: like I, no, it is a time travel movie. I know. Movie.
0: But, I mean, you know, it's <laughs> not in the sense. It's completely a time traveling movie. <sighs> It's, it's just not a it's a good movie in that it's a big movie it's got big things in it I mean I liked the oversized machinery yeah. I liked the the buildings I liked the look of it the aesthetic of it but when it comes down to it, I don't know if this was a story worth telling. What I really got out of the story is that it's about a bad marriage. That Kenneth Branagh and his wife are in this <sighs> terrible situation and he is just dominating her but can't get rid of her for some reason. And mm-hmm. Brana comes on the screen and the movie turns into a different film. It's He he commands it so much that you immediately want to go with that character. And then as the thing plays out and it gets sillier and sillier and more... Um, convoluted as it goes. I just thought, what are we doing here? Is this just basically another version of Nolan showing he wants to make a James Bond movie that he can do a Mission Impossible but with a sci-fi angle, basically? Uh, that's what we have here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it does feel like that. I don't know. He he does a good, good job on, um, as you say, big budget um, action sequences. Mm-hmm. I, I think his action sequences are, are pretty fun and interesting, especially when you get the the mood music uh, behind them. Um, you know, he'll do... a uh, uh, well, he tends to like uh, people who do score. Well, like Hans Zimmer, I guess. Obviously, well, this was
0: Ledwood Gorenson did this but, one. Um, and I, I know I'm just trying to idea, be though.
1: descriptive of, of what right of what he likes, which is just mood music, right? Like a burn or something like that, right? Well, and that'll like like almost like a foghorn going off would be like music and some Nolan shit. But it but it works. Um, it does kind of send you that signal that oh, this is serious. We're, we're this mm-hmm. is a serious movie right now. And some serious things is going on. The problem I have is that the plot. Um, Doesn't really support that so much. It just doesn't seem so like like Nolan movies are so big and so in your face and so loud, and, uh, uh, you know, except when the dialogue is turned down, those he likes to do for whatever reason. Then you can't hear people. But, or they have things obstructing uh, their face. But then you realize, what, the well, as you say, the... By, the time you, yeah, by the time you get to the end of the movie, you realize, oh, this is just a small movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's so tiny. What does this have to do with anything?
0: He has to hide a lot of the simpleness of the story by making it overly complex in the telling, I feel. And then in, in the filmmaking style, he makes it almost operatic that's to once that, again that, prop up a small story because it's a small idea confusingly told in a big yeah. film. I mean,
1: that's what I would say about Robert Pattinson's character being the most um, interesting character in this because he really is um, – uh, well, I don't want to ruin it for people because the, cause that is, I think, an interesting way of telling the story of having him – Fair enough. You know, again, I can't just can't say without ruining it for anyone. It's that kind of movie. I mean,
0: good luck (laughs) writing a review on this without talking in depth about it. Did you like any of the sequences? Because I did find the car chase was nicely done, or the reverse car chase, and I did like the sequence when they were in the vault. I thought that was fairly clever how they did things there, but no more so than a Ghost Protocol when they're in the hallway with the big sheet.
1: but the minute you hear those things, you you know um, you can call uh, the ending right because you know technically the ending before it happens because uh, this is a time loop. Type yeah. Okay. Movie. Yeah. Fair enough. And I, and so it kind of ruins in that sense because at the same time it's it's a time loop, but with any time loop you have rules. Um, I'm not really sure exactly what the rules are to this. I'm sure that, that they'll be the happily broken at some you know in the, within the movie at some point. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to it, but. Uh, I don't know, it, you know. I what was this? What do they keep saying in this movie? What what's ha- happened has happened or something? Yeah, there was a money. There was gave you the idea that, that things were set in stone, mm-hmm. so to speak, um, uh, as far as time goes. So it kind of. I, I don't know. I, I understand why he held off for so long before telling you what was going on because it was because it was kind of cool to see that stuff happen before, and then you see, oh, this is what's actually going on after the fact. But it also. Once that once the the um, the reveal is there, you it's... know, th- yeah, once the curtains are pulled back, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you know, like I get it now. I don't need to watch the last hour of this movie. <laughs> and, and it's heavy exposition in that
0: sequence because they have to go over it very well on what has happened. Uh, and ultimately, yeah. I think a big, beautiful failure, which is very reminiscent of a lot of Nolan films to me, uh, overly long, beautifully shot, exquisitely acted. Uh, but the writing, the material itself to me isn't worthy of all the trouble they have to go through. It's just not a, a good yeah. enough story to go through. I mean, some of those those images are absolutely stunning when they're scaling the building in India, when they're on the ocean, when there's massive windmills that are just out there. Uh, just throwaway bits. But at the same time, they're not... Nothing sticks with me. I, I, nothing in that film stuck with me as I was watching it. I just kept thinking... This is a filmmaker playing a game. I'm stuck in the gimmick. I hope the gimmick pays off, much like an M. Night Shyamalan movie, or Shyamalan. I can't remember that yeah. guy's name.
1: Uh, I mean, I'd know. agree with you. There's that point um, at the end. Uh, it's not the end of the movie because obviously um, that's the Kenneth Branagh stuff. But when they go, when they had the big, huge action sequence with all the soldiers and everything at the end, mm-hmm. you know, and that finally keeps that keeps going and switching back and forth in time and everything and finally it gets to the end of that that's one of those things where it's like okay this build up is too much like end it end it end it <laughs> when it, is this gonna end when is it gonna end get this guy don't get this guy do something
0: it becomes it, be, it almost becomes a parody on itself I thought at one point you know I, a little
1: I, bit at that point because you're like oh who's this guy oh that, that guy's dead but okay not really like we're gonna like what the hell's going on here <laughs> yeah I don't know it's, so it's maybe, maybe it like got I a little said, too confusing m- at times
0: Beautifully done. Good to see Robert Pattinson in a in a role where you feel all right. Maybe he can't step into the Batman mantle now, having seen him in this, where he comes off cross as an adult well, actor. Yeah. No longer. Yeah. A teen I mean, I star.
1: agree. Um, I agree. I don't know. With all the superhero movies that uh, um, and shows they're doing now, like Shazam and the new, um, I've seen the trailers for the for the new uh, Superman show on CW. You know, they just pad the suits now. So this, yeah, there's no. Anyone could be Batman. Well, Michael (laughs) Keaton
0: wasn't exactly jacked back in the day, and neither was Val Kilmer. No, but his
1: suit was hard. It wasn't even padded. It was just molded.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was like a black rubber mold. It had zero flexibility. He just would turn. You you couldn't
1: really see very much. I didn't reflect light very well either. Like (laughs) his head was in a fucking
0: car accident. It was clamped. You know, he was just he had thirty degrees mobility.
1: I I guess that's the the three hundred type thing, right? Where they spray paint the abs on you.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure they have bet in a lot of Same movies. Same thing, I guess.
1: Yeah,
0: Let's right. talk about a guy who definitely doesn't have abs anymore, and that is Russell Crowe, Mr. Gladiator himself. The award-winning actor has let himself go to shit. I'm actually very concerned about Russell Crowe's liver enzymes. I think he is swollen almost to buffoonish proportions in yeah, this he movie. He looks bad. And don't tell me it was method acting because he wanted to get into the role. This guy's gone full Marlon Brando at this point. He is uh, extremely heavy set. Bearded and really good actually in this movie unhinged. It's a good little b-movie a sturdy little b-movie It's not gonna provide you with anything else, but a guilty pleasure and 90 minutes of entertainment It's exceedingly violent. I didn't think this movie was gonna be as violent as it was I was thinking it was gonna Mm -hmm. be a little bit softer-handed, but it starts off with a bit of violence it takes off very well and You know crows the bad guy that's not giving anything away his his comeuppance in the end is extremely violent and
1: it, you kind of come up and uh, his kills in this movie are very that, violent. that's what
0: i'm saying i mean it starts starting off, off at the beginning of the film, first it's like, sequence holy cow and uh my my kind of gripe in this movie is that when it's all said and done the mom really didn't learn her lesson and the son has to remind know, her did right? you not just experience very- the
1: whole fucking movie we just went through uh, but Yeah, yeah. learn to just to, to be a little kinder, you know, because people are crazy
0: Yeah, what's with the road rage? Just cover your ass, you, right, you, you cover your you're ass You're clearly, <laughs> you've just experienced you can, something
1: You can be mean to people under your breath, they
0: don't have to hear you This script feels like it's been laying around, though, since about 1992 So I don't know why this just got made now, yeah. or if this was just written recently It been done by Carl you know, Ellingsworth
1: a, Yeah, they had a bunch of these, I think um, Kidnap I don't know, maybe one. Lakeview Terrace, Terrace would be like
0: yes yes yeah lakeview terrace
1: kind of a movie i could think of like this well, i mean changing lanes obviously yeah changing would be around the time period that you're movie. setting this um and that's a very similar-esque movie um but yeah just your 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 classic uh breakdown would be um, another one it's not like a, that yeah it's it, it's not a slasher it's an action thriller movie, but it is just a guy who uh who breaks right he just goes over the edge so it's kind of in that sense mm-hmm. a slasher movie uh, oddly Do you enough, know what movie but, uh, typifies uh, that
0: spe- that whole genre you just explained? Did you ever see Unlawful Entry with Kurt Russell and Ray Liotta back sure. in the day? that's, that's one. 100. Uh, he's a good he's a good cop, but he kind of has his like little wacky tick, and then he just he loses it, much like Lakeview Terrace and, and whatnot.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, those are both good movies, but I love. I mean, Unlawful I agree. They,
1: they don't make movies like this uh, really anymore. Um, although they don't make a lot of little actiony movies. So much anymore. Well, so. well the obsessive killer um, was to see this. was
0: big in the single white female era. Uh, Pacific yeah, Heights. Uh, there's, I
1: mean, there's another good example of it, but uh, it's like a they're like slasher movies, um, but they're not horror. You know, even though I would say like this is awfully bloody it's and teetering. And, visceral you know it's very uh he's a very he's very fat but he's very strong <laughs>
0: well i know I, that that's exemplified so, by the pick. sequence in the diner that i'll let you explain when his girth yes. becomes apparent it and was he the, beats the a most awesome his sequence his
1: ever yeah he, he he uh squeezes into that little little diner seat and, and he, you'd expect people to be like okay we can take this guy he's He's trapped in the booth. He's stuck. <laughs> he's so fat. He, there's no way, like he would be swinging at him, right? He wouldn't be able to get him. He wouldn't be able to get you. First of all, you he's could so arthritic. Out. That's why I just didn't understand about that part is that people are, uh, um, but maybe that's, that's kind of the world of the movie is that people are kind of weenies. He is, um, he's this dominating uh, force, this alpha. I mean, yeah. He's just, he's. Gone over the edge Like he's willing to go To that extra length And no one else is mm-hmm. Against him So to speak um, Which is uh, There's that Oh the one The scene where uh I try not to I don't want to give away The movie but um, You know The last half of the movie When he's finally really Really going through Her, her uh, yeah, 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 yeah Her Rolodex of people And stuff And he kills the The one guy yeah, You know The people close um, to him, But her. he actually makes him he, Like he kills n- Not Not him, but he kills the girl, but through the other guy. It's you know inventive. What I'm about? It's Trying clever not to like give it that. away. That's a good I kill. mean, holy shit. That's a that's, a like, kill. that's some, like, oh my God. That's a kill, man. That's so, it's almost borderline, like, horror, like, I don't know, Final Destination esque with its, uh, with its kills a little bit, I thought. So if you like horror movies and gore, um, it's not really gory, but it is bloody. Um, and like I say, violent, you know, uh, when he, um, uh, when he attacks uh in in jimmy simpson's character when he's in the when he's in the diners in the booth and the, jimmy simpson's just sitting across from the booth and it's he's just, just slamming his him. head into the table and stuff and normally that kind of stuff in action movies is like oh yeah okay whatever but this is like oh god it, it's excessive like <laughs> it's i like said crap. and uh yeah.
0: he's you know I, don't tell me he's not inflamed i think those knees are bad and he couldn't go after anybody but in the movie he's this he hobbles uh, he,
1: he, he, even in the movie he kind of he, he's kind of he's he's rotund you know he kind of like Whoa, like cobbles around. but I think you can run uh, away from him is what I'm saying. I can he's get away still from still Russell Crowe and he's
0: still a good actor and that comes through even in this mm. kind of B-movie garbage. It reminds me... He's uh, you know, really he's, intense. He's obviously Australian and this reminds me of kind of the Ozploitation genre. That existed a long time ago too these are these kind of well, this is something movies. that
1: gibson would also a very yes. intense
0: kind of roles he's they're really good at did you ever see shattered with gerard butler and pierce brosnan years ago it was kind of a b movie much you know not similar to this but in the same vein i should say yeah uh that that reminded me of this but it goes to show you how different the approach is when you got a pierce brosnan and a russell Crowe. i mean pierce Brosnan's is still holding it together he's a good-looking older gentleman he could probably still play james bond if he wanted to Russell Crowe is a long way from his gladiator days.
1: Yeah, he's not. He he won't be uh, uh, in gladiator. He'd be rolling around in the arena. I don't know what the hell he'd do. He's the fucking tiger Um, at this point. Uh, he's definitely nasty. Yeah, well, he could be like one of those blow up clowns you punch, but he, he falls down, but he comes back up. You know.
0: I, I just don't <laughs> he's understand. He's so round. He's so bottom heavy. Some of the logic in the movie, too. You know, it's got that movie logic where this guy oh, is ridiculous. omnipresent. He can get anywhere all the time. There's no traffic whenever he needs it to be. Things happen on. Cue. Oh, and he
1: gets away from things. The cops never show up on yeah. time ever. He can hang out at a place for as long as he needs to, and the cops won't show up until like the end, until they need to show up, right? Yeah, then it, they show up or they'll show scheduled. up elsewhere, but they show up really fast other places where he's not. It's like, oh, okay, but I like Comps, this movie. it's not
0: that bad. I did find it enjoyable for what it was, and that's just uh you know, a, a little rental, a cheap Friday night yeah. flick, and uh, you know, a drinking film. If you need something to watch for every time he has a kill, have a shot, and you'll be uh, you'll be shit faced by Yeah, I thought the in.
1: acting was good, and like I say, the um the horror aspects of it the violence and and all that it did a good job of it it gets very cartoony but it's kind of a cartoony idea anyways and this that's not outlandish for the genre and it's not outlandish for the horror slasher films to get a little cartoony and it's kind of fun um i don't know this this movie does drag a little bit as a lot of these do because it doesn't uh it's a lot of hot air, and it's a lot of hot air to keep going, it's you know, at a, a, at a steady filler. rate. Yeah. And there's nothing – yeah, there's really nothing to this. You get the idea of it. I, we just told you it. I, that's the movie.
0: Well, it um, was written so, yeah, by I, I, Carl Zellsworth who did Red Eye, and I know you're a fan of that, but this is the similar almost horror Very type movie. You know, it's a thriller. It's contained within a couple characters. Um, there's a couple exterior characters that are basically used just to be picked off so that they can get to the main character. And um, I don't know. I, I thought – this for me was more successful than red eye in terms of of films side by side all right let's talk about the new denzel washington film the little things this is an hbo max release this is one of the films that was supposed to be in theaters they've dumped onto hbo max trevor and i keep telling you guys this is the best value in streaming if you don't have hbo max you are missing out on the best library in film you cannot find these on netflix prime Anywhere, I mean, you might find here and there titles, but eventually, all that shit's going to be moved. Especially the
1: new, the new Warner movies that are coming out, right? Um, new releases are films. actually fairly decent. Yeah, for every month, you at least get one, um, if not several. And I, yeah, and the documentaries, uh, I mean, honestly, the series, like, all that. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching Tom uh, and Jerry when it comes out in a couple days. Oh uh, shit! I'm uh, watching I'm Batman watching the animated series. So. Yeah, oh. Batman, they have all the Batmans on there right it's, now. They're really good. Um they have a good collection. They have all the Saw movies are on there. Yep. Um
0: right now they got like I said the yeah, Matrix they are on old, there. Good they got stuff. Everything you need, mm-hmm. but we're not getting paid to to show for them. Although I did read today, I just want to briefly say that, you know, Paramount Plus is launching soon and yeah. they announced that 45 days after Mission Impossible 7's in theaters, it'll be available on Paramount Plus. They didn't say it's going to be a premium to buy it, but they said it will be available for home viewing. I'm all for that. But I still want to see Top I'm Gun doing. two in a theater.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for Paramount Plus. I think that could be another that could be a winner as well if they do it as well as what uh, uh, Warner's do with HBO. But then again, no one seems to like HBO. Everybody likes Netflix and Disney. So, but I can't win on either one of those. I'm not, I'm not super into uh, either of those. Well,
0: What it tells me is that nobody really gives a shit about watching films. They just want episodic television because if you have a Bridgerton or a Stranger yeah, Things, yeah, you want lots of
1: filler and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't know. I don't understand it. But we watched The Little Things. You and I both got a chance to see this movie. I was highly disappointed in it. I think it's a wannabe 7 without the compelling angle of it. Uh, the nihilistic <laughs> ending is very interesting in that they tried to, to ape 7. But you want to talk about movies where you don't understand the behavior of characters. There, The third act on is filled with so much ludicrousness that I thought this was just... Were they just making this up on the on the fly? Because a character gets into a car with somebody who's sp- a suspected serial killer and leaves. Another character is on top of a, of a rooftop yeah. when these Keystone cops are doing That's the what, search for a break-in and don't find him. And then... I mean, I agree with you. How many mm-hmm. fucking holes did this guy dig in the desert? And how long was he out there? And nobody came by. Nobody saw him. Nobody has... He's Booth. It just... Yeah, to me, I, I just... I thought <laughs> this thing, as it went on, it started off sloppy... It got me in the second act a little bit. I didn't think that there was much chemistry between Washington or Malik. I thought Leto was just doing a phoned-in performance. I really liked that first sequence, but once again, why do people, when they're getting chased in a fucking movie, stop and get out of the car? What did that girl do that for? The whole thing was just full of of Hmm. character, uh, unbelievable character actions, and I just thought that was a signal of bad writing. The only thing I really liked about this movie was the one shot at the end when Washington is burning things and i thought that was there they there's a giveaway there and i thought that was the best part of the whole movie other than it being filmed right over by you i mean this is based this movie was filmed right down the street from where you live
1: literally yeah well it was shot it's it shot on the old ohio freeway
0: yeah the sequence there where they're on the cars <laughs> is uh, on the 33 for <laughs> anyone that
1: watches his mom and dad save the world
0: you know exactly what um, we're talking or that's, hard to kill that's the
1: freeway they get off and they don't go down that freeway in the in that movie but um, they do use that freeway in this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, quite often.
1: Uh, yeah, what, so that was interesting here? to see that. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah, this movie's not great. I, uh, it wants to be a, a a serial killer movie, and it's just—it's not. It's—it's it's so weird. By the time you get to the end of this, it's uh, so off from where it started. You know, like like you say, you—it w- wants to be seven. I wish it wanted to be seven. I don't know what it wants to be. It's confused uh, because, uh, who? What's the serial killer have to do with this movie? Like nothing really, because, um, it just it has nothing to do with the movie. I don't know. It's, uh, these characters all have their own little weird introsyncrasies. They're 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 odd human beings in general, mm-hmm. and when you put them together, they just do weird things. And I agree. It's uh, once he's escaping from the. The Jerry Leto's house. Uh, this is uh, the Denzel Washington character. And he does, he climbs up on the roof. He's, he's evading the police who have surrounded the place. Right. By going up on the roof, going around all this stuff. And jared leto's watching him um you know the, uh, rami malek is watching him everyone sees him except for the cops it's ridiculous and then after that it just gets even worse because they just they they answer the pay phone across the street from jared leto's house yes. it's jared leto it's awesome and so jared leto becomes this this i don't know focal point of this movie about the serial killer and he's just this weird guy and that's it and I'm not even ruining anything when I say that because it's so obvious there's no red herrings He he's is the guy. just a guy he's just a weird guy who does weird shit and is weird and so what's the point of the movie well wait till you get to the end of it because um, I tell you it's uh it's a let not only is it a letdown it's, just, it's too much and it it leaves you nowhere uh it, actually it leaves you exactly where you started it's- I don't know I was not a fan of this I thought as far as detective movies go um the detective work in this is just non-existent not i don't know Shoddy what the hell this best. is because at first yeah well it's like denzel Washington is like he's the best detective he's like detecting all kinds of shit and rami malik's like oh my god teach me master teach me it's amazing how do you do this and by halfway through the movie you're like neither one of these fucking guys would be able to solve any damn crime ever yeah it's like i said character
0: actions are so unbelievable it's, it's terribly directed and written, and which is surprising because John Lee Hancock has done good work. I wasn't a fan of his last film, The Highwaymen, with Costner and Woody Harrelson, but even compared Mm-mm. to this, at least that had a through line. This That's is- coherent. There's no, like I said, there's no red herring. There's nobody who's even a suspect. They just go right to Leto. He says it's not him. Then they get the warrants, and then they don't get the warrant. It's like, it's just, it's procedural all the way down the line until it becomes so outlandish that you're, you're stuck with this thing, and it tries to have an ambiguous ending, but then doesn't have the balls to have the ambiguous ending. And I don't really know what it was saying. The movie should be called The Weird Little Things, or The Little Weird <laughs> Things, rather. Um, the Little Weird Things? Yeah. It, it, that's, it's full of what it is, is little weird character uh, ticks and, and, like you said, idiosyncrasies. And those are the scenes that play, and then everything else doesn't. I don't give a shit about the ghost that this guy sees or anything uh, at, at all, on, on any level i didn't
1: like this movie at all could you tell (laughs) yeah it's a weird movie man i don't know it wasn't very good so we'll tell that but let's let me talk about hbo (laughs) yeah let me tell you something about that i actually did kind of enjoy this is a robert
0: de niro film that's also been playing during the pandemic called the war with grandpa this is a weinstein film that was shot back in 2017 wasn't released till this year and found success in theaters in the midwest and east coast that were open during the summer It's a cute movie. I hate to use that term in telling about a film, but the way I look at this, this must have been on uh, The Blacklist, which, if you don't know, is the top screenplays, unproduced screenplays of the year. It's cute. It feels like it could have been someone's thesis Mm -hmm. script. Uh, It's never really mean-spirited. The little boy is at war with the grandfather, but... He's really not. I mean, they say, I love you through it. Um, and at the same time, the grandfather wants to tell this the his grandson, you know, war isn't something you play at. People get hurt. Pe- you know, it breaks up things. There is a decent message in it. I, I like Christopher Walken in it and Cheech Marin and, and Jane Seymour. They were, they were trying to do something here. It's not going to offend anybody. It's got a few chuckles. It's, you know, it, it's a step away from just being on a Disney Plus type movie or a Nickelodeon or uh, ABC Family. I remember those type movies, the Disney Sunday night movie. It, it, yeah. There's nothing that's <laughs> going to offend anybody in this movie. And even in the when they're trying to show De Niro as this crotchety old cankerous man, uh, he's not really... I mean, he gets into a confrontation with Faison Love, who, if you know him, he's a he's a big stout black guy, probably about a 300-pound black guy. And you're like, if this was real life and the way they're portraying this character, this conversation would have gone a lot different. But, you know, <laughs> he kicks him in the shin and runs off. You know, it's just like... It's mm-hmm. it's soft and it's fine and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's kind of sad to see Uma Thurman in a role like this. That she, I mean, you're used to seeing De Niro delegated to shit like this. We saw Dirty Grandpa. We saw the dirty version of yeah. this, which I actually liked too. I think that's funny. That that's a better movie. But this was uh, good enough for what it is and uh, for bringing everybody back together one last time. I mean, my girlfriend got my girlfriend's got a saying that every Christopher. There's no bad movie with Christopher Walken. And I just keep pointing... That's just not true. Thank you. Where have you been? (laughs) There's too many Christopher Walken movies for that to be true. I just point out the prophecy. Suicide Kings. I mean, like we got to go through the lines here. You know, it's like there are a lot of shit Christopher Walken movies out there. Uh, But there are some good ones, too. So, got to be fair. What did you see? You saw Run, Hide, Fight? Tell me about this one.
1: Uh, Yeah, Run, Hide, Fight. Uh, so this is the school takeover um movie I, I guess school shooter movie really so it's a little uh uh i guess warning you know as far as that goes
0: <laughs> yeah so be prepared um, for what you're
1: watching yeah be prepared for it it, it is um it's pretty violent uh it, it goes straight for what it is it's, it's unapologetic about that um and so yeah, I liked it a lot. I like that the acting is fantastic. Um, you know, Rada Mitchell, Thomas Jane, or, or the parents in this, Isabel May um, plays the main character, mm-hmm. and you have a uh, Oli Sholaton, if I'm saying that right, hopefully, who's her best friend, who's really good as well. And then uh, Treat Williams, the substitute himself. We love Treat Williams the, over here. I mean, the that's... sheriff. Love me a good <laughs> uh, Treat Williams flick. So of course the the older people are kind of there. They're 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 not the. Main part of the movie, but they they're there um, to kind of round out the cast. And I'll give it some legitimacy, I guess. I would say not that the kids, need it. the kids are really good. My only complaint on this is the bad guy is awfully cartoony. His only point is to prove that school shootings can happen. I guess I don't. It's it's a weird point. He just wants to be on the news, and so he kind of plays this. He's like a Batman villain, you know. Uh, so it's, it's 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 a bit it's it's a bit much for for that. Um, so it's not just a school shooter. They actually have... Um, it's kind of like a Die Hard, in a way. I guess would be the way that I would explain it. Okay. If Die Hard were a school shooter, that would be this movie.
0: Well, it sounds to me like this is a, a little reminiscent of Toy Soldiers. Do you recall that one, back in the early 90s? Sure, it
1: kind of is. Yeah, it's, it sounds like I it. I mean, this, it has a, this has a very um, 80s, 90s kind of a vibe to it, even though it's obviously it's very modern. Um, but it does feel like a movie that they would have made back then, um, and not something that you've see very often nowadays um so i'd hope uh, that we see more stuff like this um cuz i i i like the movie i thought it was pretty good you know and it's a it's definitely one of those movies that's about um uh manning up so to speak you know even though this is a girl here but she uh, uh she's definitely tough enough you know well she hunts <laughs> with her dad it looks like in right.
0: the trailer she's you know she's uh, very skilled at shooting and marksmanship Mm. and things like that because of her dad's hunting. yeah she
1: knows how to hunt she knows how to do uh certain things that would uh lead you to believe that i guess she would be good at fighting (laughs) well that's always the it's not so much a physical movie necessarily though in that sense as much as it is about um you know having the balls to a to put yourself in harm's way, you know? Well, you sold me to, when you to, said to that back Thomas in. Jane
0: and Rhoda Mitra is in this. Because I like both those actors and actresses. And uh, that's a great cast to begin with. Those are two B-movie legends. And on top of that, it's written and directed by Kyle Rankin. Rafkin, Rankin? And uh, he's mm-hmm. a Project Rankin, yeah. Greenlight winner. If you didn't ever watch that show, shame on you. It was a great HBO uh, contest show <laughs> about struggling filmmakers. And they would give them a movie. The first season sucked. The guy was an asshole. Kyle's season was season two. in the, uh, <laughs> It was and him
1: and the other guy. Ephraim. I can't remember his, his name.
0: Oh, Ephraim oh, yeah. something. Pon- Pontinkim Kim or um, Potikim or something like that. Yeah, yeah no, you're right. And uh, those two guys made... Uh, what was the name of their film?
1: The Battle of Shaker Heights. It was the Amy Smart, uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, yes. movie. It was actually pretty good. I think the um, that horror movie they made in the third season was that probably... Uh, actually, I mean, it spawned... Was it Feast? What, like four other movies? Yeah, Feast. It spawned yeah. at least four other movies i think um so that would have been probably the biggest uh the biggest movie that, that project Greenlight ever made but um but this one but battleshaker heights was really good and i thought these it was the most interesting uh season to watch if you ever get a chance to watch any of these um as far as drama you know and yep. shit that went down i thought then these guys were, were both very interesting and this movie's directed really slickly like it's very uh sharp you know it, it, there's no fat on this movie at all I want to see this
0: just because I like the poster and everything you're telling me. Plus, it sounds like a throwback-type flick. And, and it is, s- yeah. To see a serious... I mean, you're not going to... If you saw the trailer and the poster, you know what you're getting yourself into. Don't be offended. If you want to see a serious, real examination of what this can do, watch a film called We Need to Talk About Kevin with Tilda Swinton, Swandon. Swindon? Swindon? Swandon? Tilda Swanson? What's her name? You know Swinton. talking about. Tilda Swindon? Yeah. Um, and she stars in it, and it's about a, a, a couple, a married couple, <laughs> whose son... Uh, that they love and looks like they have no problems, goes off to school and commits uh, one of these. Isn't,
1: what's his name? Um,
0: is it Martin Sheen in it as well? Not Martin Sheen. Uh, yeah, is it Martin Sheen? See, uh, the guy from Underworld who was married um, to Kate Beckinsale? I want to say he's in it as well. Uh, is he? It could be Vincent Cassell. I'm confusing the lead actor in it, but it's a very good movie and uh, worth watching. I'll
1: look this up. I can't remember who was the. Um, uh, the, dad. M-
0: the male lead, it is, it is an actor of note. Mm. I want to say it was uh, Martin Sheen. Not Martin Sheen is in Charlie Sheen's dad, but. Uh, as in *Underworld*, Kate Beckinsale, Martin Sheen.
1: No, John C. Riley was in this too. That's right. Is he really? I don't know why he blocked that out. That's what I was trying to remember. If okay. he was in that?
0: Yeah, well, he's good in it then. Yeah, John I just totally C. Riley.
1: <laughs> I don't see. Um, I can't remember. Is Michael Sheen is the guy you're thinking Michael of? Michael Sheen, thank you. But I don't see him in this. I don't know so why. Maybe, I put maybe him he's in later this. on in it. Maybe is he a principal in it or
0: something like that? Is he the? I was gonna say
1: maybe he has a bit role in here somewhere. Reporter, I don't know. possibly. It's How about anything of Frost Nixon? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Yeah, he's in Frost Nixon. I of Frost Nixon. <laughs> That's for damn sure. But uh, the school the school shooting it. genre
0: is, yeah. or the school takeover has been done before, most notably to me, like i mentioned earlier in Toy Soldiers back in 1991. I sure. love that
1: movie. I uh, mean, with, it has a very like I say, 80s, 90s, right? Go of rings, right? Oh yeah, Red Dawn, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it just has a very that kind of feel to it when you um, when you get into a, a school type area, you can see that the action here with all the guns and stuff. It's a very bloody movie, too, though. I, like I say, it's uh, um, uh, a warning on that, though, for to some degree, because I, I think it's a, it presents itself as very serious. Like you feel like people can die in this movie um, and it's an actual death you know, it's not it's not like Die Hard in that sense where it's kind of like, oh, hoo, 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 yeah, people are dying. How fun. You know, this, that's not how they portray death in this movie at all. Well, so good. don't take that the wrong way when I say it's like Die Hard. It's just the the idea of her running through the school and, you know, fighting the bad guys and stuff is like Die Hard. I'll give it a watch. I've been wanting to watch this
0: movie. I forgot it came out. Uh, this was directly put out on the Daily Wires uh, website. I think
1: you can only watch it on Daily Wire, if I'm not mistaken. Although well, if you're crafty, sure you can find it
0: elsewhere. <laughs> I'm sure there's alternate ways <laughs> I'll to say find you. That
1: much. Um, um, but, but yeah, they uh, Daily Wire. Who's apparently making? We're in the movies now because they got Gina Carano now. Or hey, great. Carano. Carano.
0: Yeah, Gina God. Carano. Um, who you know, the beautiful Gina Carano, who I think took a lot of punches to the head and might be suffering from a little bit of CTE here and there. Uh, but damn,
1: she, she can make some actions. I like her. I like her movies. I liked Haywire and I like in. What's the one she made have seen plenty of interviews with her. She's not stupid. <clears> what was the one not, she made. She's not punched out, you know. Uh,
0: what, what was the one she made <laughs> with Tree Williams? He was in
1: one. Weren't was they in he? one called in the, in the Cold or In the Blood together? In oh, the Blood? Was he in that movie? Was he in that movie? I only. I vaguely remember watching that movie and thinking, eh. My favorite, that, was not one, that wasn't a great one. You're going to have to recall
0: the best Treat Williams story. Of, see who's in this. About him being on the special features of
1: that one disc. Danny Trejo. Oh, yeah, Treat Do you recall Williams have to, is in this. There you um, go. Oh, God, what movie was that? Did we was watch that, that, that together? Was, um,
0: what was that? This movie? No, we watched something where he's on the special features, and I'll let you recount this story about Treat Williams' uh, reason for taking on the role.
1: Well... Um, I can't remember, I don't remember if that was, it wasn't Deep Rising, but it was something like that. It might have been In the Blood, to be honest with you. It might have been that movie. It might have been, but yeah. He, had, he basically said, I mean, it was, uh, shit, I'm trying to look through his things real quick. I cannot remember what movie that was, but it's, it's not a very good movie. But he says the only reason he took the role was to go down to uh, – was to go to South America, wherever they were, Cabo. I don't it remember was where like the Puerto hell they Rico shot Rico He's, like, like, he's free- like, it's a free vacation. He's like, what do you mean, why am I in this movie? Look around. He's like, where are we right now? Why the <laughs> hell do you think I'm here? He's basically like, well, I hardly work, and I get to go a free vacation. At least he's <laughs> so honest. Like, that's got to be – that has to be the answer to a lot of this stuff because how much of these um, – uh, you, you know, B movies and stuff actually shoot uh, down in Hawaii or oh, yeah. in the Caribbean or, uh, you oh. know, Thailand. A lot of times you see uh, huge vacation places, right? Destination points. Yeah. the
0: Australia. Yeah. Um, well, and then they go to Prague or Romania and they can't get anybody to go. But <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, I loved that Treat Williams bit about what, what do you think I'm here for? I took this movie because of the fucking surroundings. Yeah. Be an idiot. All right, moving on, I want to talk about a little B-film from the 1980s that I've always wanted to see. This was a movie called White Phantom from 1987. This was a video store staple. I used to walk by this in the local video store and see this box art, and it's the kind of movie that the cover is so much better than the actual movie it's got a ninja it's got a guy with a sword it's got a hot girl in distress who he's protecting and this movie has almost none of those things and cannot live up to the hype that is on the cover this is available on tubi right now and on amazon prime it is so fucking odd it's it's about a an american loner and it's the kind of movie where you know he's an american because he wears a yankees hat the whole time you know these kind of movies he's got a Yankees ball cap on so you know he's a you know he's a Yankee and uh, he's in God knows where they never really specified Bo Sevens is in this movie as well for like three minutes but he's got some sort of obsession with basketball this the movie is a martial arts movie all this asshole does is shoot hoops Every other scene, you're like, stop! Play. In fact, one of the characters even says, to him, "All you want to do is play basketball." And like, this is like, the, was this character, was the director obsessed with really wanting to make a basketball movie and got stuck doing this? You got stuck with a ninja movie. It's almost nonsensical. The movie doesn't really have any sort of plot to speak of. But the final kill, when the white ninja shows up and he fights the the you know the guy in black and the white fight each other, mm-hmm. it the final kill is so bad. I actually took a screenshot and sent it to you, with. Just picture this, folks. The main character is walking away with the sword in hand. The the bad guy runs up behind him and dives. The the main character puts his hands behind his head and just lets the sword go. And the three-foot fall from his hands to the ground is enough inertia for the sword to pierce through the bad guy as he's falling. It's fucking awesome I'm telling you (laughs) you you gotta watch this movie just for that scene Uh, I can't honestly recommend this to anybody but if you're a fan of Guilty Pleasures which obviously we are we got the trivia question right at the beginning check out White Phantom Uh, unfortunately there was no sequel that ever materialized uh, probably because nobody in the movie had any sort of charisma uh, or acting ability but aside of that it's you know it's the kind of movie you watch and you go how did they even get this
1: printed like who printed the film? Uh, how did look they? At the,
0: how did they get this I mean, in look focus? This.
1: I mean, have, it says it, "Enemy of Darkness" at the bottom here. Up at the top says "All New American Hero." I mean, they have—you can tell this movie sold all on advertisements, right? They just have a million. It's yeah, a I can't sheet. read what's in the red, but yeah, it's clearly just a, just a buttload of like. Uh, uh, I don't. Know.
0: It's marketing is all this is. I, I can't.
1: Yeah. In the asshole oh on the cover
0: here with the sword, he—he's uh, he, not doing anything. He did the whole movie. I'm telling you, he walks around in a Yankees hat, a long trench coat, basketball. shooting hoops. I don't understand. If somebody could explain <laughs> to me the basketball angle of the film, I would be much appreciated because I didn't get it. Um, I, I you know, if
1: you're a ninja, you're good at basketball.
0: I, I, apparently, yeah. I mean, it worked out for the Teen Wolf. Why wouldn't it work out for a ninja? So. That's true. That's what I learned about in Teen Wolf is that if you become an animal, you literally become better at basketball. You gain three feet on your vertical.
1: But wolves, and I mean, I often see wolves playing basketball, and they're very good. Uh, and also boxing. Don't forget about Teen Wolf too. Oh, well I, That's true. <laughs> All
0: right, my man. Tell me about Tiny Perfect Things, the film on Amazon Prime. I think this is an Amazon Prime original the debut on the channel.
1: Yes, this is an Amazon original, a map of Tiny Perfect Things. This is a... Groundhog's Day movie, in case you haven't had enough of those. Yeah, right. You know, um, I mean, Paul Springs is currently tearing up the Golden Gloves. <laughs> uh, which makes me laugh, because uh, is, is that the best we got? It's the most obvious we got. I mean, isn't it? It's so sad. It's you really see, not, the movie is, it was just not that good. I thought that movie was a bit of a letdown. It was obvious. Um, and I'll tell you the big difference between these. I, I liked this movie quite a bit. This is a young adult, teen, um, coming of age those can be hit and miss is what i will say it can be hit and miss but this much like run hide fight had the kind of the the idea that life is hard you have to push forward you have to 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 get through things um whereas palm springs is taken from i i guess like our age kind of a point of view that the midlife crisis point of view where nothing matters everything sucks a little bit more pessimistic just like uh you know why do i want to do anything um, yeah, so I, I find that more a lot more boring. Like, there's not much to do there. But in Map of Tiny, Perfect Things, there's a lot to do because there's people who want to keep living. They're excited. They're happy to do things. They want to try things. Um, they haven't given up. Um, so, I don't know. It worked. I think that aspect worked well in Groundhog's Day. It doesn't work well for everything. I'm glad to see something different uh, in this. And uh, I like the acting. And I like the... Uh, just the story the screenplay and whatnot it's it's pretty straightforward um, it's obviously highly ridiculous it's a groundhog's day thing even what gets them out of the loop is i don't get it completely <laughs> i mean i guess it works because they said it works oh, so there's a literal so like sure. a time like a
0: time element of this there's aware. a time okay.
1: loop just like groundhog's day this, this guy kid's going through it and he finds out oh there's another girl who's going through it and uh and i won't ruin the movie past that because the whole thing is basically him finding out about her and what what she's going through gotcha and uh and all that kind of stuff and they both want uh out of the loop they both want to stay in the loop you know that kind of it's much like palm springs it was the same um the same story right Mm -hmm. um uh i mean that movie had literally the same story the, uh, um,
0: the the Palm Springs thing when you touched on the nihilistic point of view, the pessimistic, the you know the midlife crisis, the angst, that used to be a staple mm-hmm. in the teen film, and then in the '90s that kind of moved away. We yeah. got these really bright, poppy teen films that were full of energy like and optimism. Pie, I felt well, like and she's all that and on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we had again those angsty movies, and I put I would consider that like Garden State and The Last Kiss and things like that. Yep. Uh and, and to me I those are both movies that just I cannot get through because of the depression of it. I don't like to see the mopey character. When it's done well, like in a Noah Baumbach film like Greenberg, uh or mm-hmm. while we're young, I can relate and I can see myself in it in some ways. But when it's just the mopiness of it, it becomes overbearing and I just I have to get away from it. So I understand what you're saying on the Palm Springs for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean uh I mean, I agree, those are that's all uh a great comparison there um I, I yeah i don't have a problem with those types of movies i just don't think they're they're that great you know yeah. like like palm springs wasn't everyone's trying to tell me it's such a great movie uh, it's just it's not that great you know um uh i don't know map of tiny perfect things i i i think is a great movie it's um has some meaning to it um and i would rather at this point look forward to life than think my life is over you know what i mean like I, yeah like what message do you want to uh <laughs> to, to watch I, I don't know particularly I, I entertainment
0: that, yeah it's not entertainment yeah
1: well i think that's what i'm like i'm far more attracted to young adult type stuff because that's young adults have their entire lives in front of them correct and even when you get into movies like fault of our stars or something where young adults don't have all their lives in front of them um it, it's way more um uh i guess impressive for how people uh deal with that kind of stuff at that age then i don't know someone who's older who's already lived their life i don't I'm, i don't know like you know at, at our age you know things you've learned some stuff you should know things you shouldn't act like a 20 year old right and if you do and that's the whole point of it is it i'm still you know i never made it Erected i'm still a child type thing yeah yeah i don't know i'm not so damn interested in that you know
0: yeah, unless that's an Adam Sandler character in a comedy, I'm not really interested in that character.
1: Well, but those work because they do the salty sweet stuff, and and they and so I think um, that makes sense. You know, I mean, Kevin Smith does the same thing. You know, where it's a uh, the the bright side of that is enough. Like, if you're gonna show the the dark side of the coin, then you should ha- also show the bright side of the coin. There should be some balance to it. You yeah, know, 100%. and I think a, a lot of of. The angsty type stuff, especially lately, doesn't reach that. It just doesn't get that. I don't know. Everything everything's so down lately. I don't. I don't want to be down
0: anymore. You know? <laughs> well, it's the award season type stuff too. I mean, everyone's yes. praising Nomad Land, and I'm sure Frances McDormand is fantastic. I've heard the highest mm. compliment you can give an actor or an actress, which is that she seems to be acting without acting. Uh, that's just. I mean, I, I believe that she's fantastic. However, I feel like I saw that not that movie but i feel like i saw that character in three billboards three billboards outside of missouri or was sure. it mississippi i feel like i've seen that hurt broken uh, bitter character she does and now i'm ready for her to to try something else again and I, I just can't get myself to sit down and watch nomadland knowing that i'm going to be yeah. bummed out you know i just i it's you know you don't have that much time in the world and and during these times i want to be entertained and i don't understand why the rise of the popular film has not happened we are. We need mass populist entertainment right now. Where is the next big? Where is well, it? It's not Wonder Woman. It wasn't Soul I was gonna it wasn't say.
1: I mean, superhero movies. Obviously, the Marvel movies um, fit that, but they're. I'm. You know, are you? I don't think the Marvel movies have a point anymore. No, I'm. I'm out of it. Yeah. Are you? Like, so I need something Black Widow, new. You know? I mean, you it can. It can be a superhero. Your yeah. Black. Any of them. It can be a superhero movie. Um, that's next. That 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 fits this this part. That fits this role not saying i'm done with superhero movies but i'm done with uh marvel movies i know what they are i know what to expect and a lot of it um just falls by the wayside with me i think i don't know i, I everyone seems so impressed with everything lately um and they tell me about it, and I go and watch. It, and I'm like, yeah, it's a thing, you know. It's fine. It exists. But you're going to tell me this is the greatest thing th- you could watch right now? Well, not only that. I mean, um, you're going to you're
0: going to use up all my time scheduling it with Star Wars and Marvel programming. Do I need forty well, fucking totally shows? I'm totally done with
1: Star Wars at this point. I, I've seen the Mandalorian stuff, and it's like, it's good. Um, are you going to keep doing this? Because it's the same. The season two is the same as season one. Yeah. I, I don't understand this anymore. Um, I mean, WandaVision is a one off thing. There's no way you make more WandaVision. It's ridiculous. I, I can't pull myself um, to watch it. Right, uh, just... A lot of this stuff is like that, though. It's just this is all one off entertainment. You're supposed to binge watch, supposed to see it in a flash and, and get it. Okay, great. I got my fix for the month, you know. Now I'll pay off for the next month for my content, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. I agree with. Uh, I agree and disagree with, with Scorsese on a lot of things he says, but I agree with the idea of content destroying film, you know? Destroying, the, the, like, the idea of calling movies content, calling these things content. It does relegate them to a lesser, uh, meaningful impact, really. Because the whole point then is just that it's content. It's just it's numbers of shit. Uh, uh, it's just how much crap do you have? You know, how much time can dispose you watch of? stuff? Yeah. yeah, it's like ah, eh, it's not. That's the wrong way to approach it. You know, you still get good stuff through that, absolutely. But it is just, I think, going full board business uh, side on this stuff is just not worth it, man. Go artistic, please. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Uh, I think that
0: also with the, the Disney and, and the Marvel programming outside of it, it was fine when it was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it was we odd connective tissue here and there to the theatrical. I actually liked
1: that quite a bit, yeah. Didn't
0: mind that. I thought they, they spread themselves a little thin with Agent Carter, but uh-huh. when you started getting into the Netflix that had all these. But that hit them and
1: they canceled it.
0: I love Daredevil. That's I mean one of my favorite characters in all of mm-hmm. comic, especially in the Marvel universe, and I don't even watch that show. And I like Jon Bernthal. I don't understand. Well, that show
1: is over, but that show is really good. I'm sure it is, but once
0: again, I mean, you watch it all for what? It didn't build to anything. There's not a movie spinoff of it. It's just eventually they'll reincarnate it. They'll do it in a different version, and they'll have to watch all that shit. It's like the Spider-Man stuff. I mean, it I like
1: something. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. At that case, you would never watch anything. I don't well, know. let me tell
0: you what I am watching, which <laughs> I want to uh, sheepishly confess mm-hmm. to you on air. Is uh, I've started watching the Walker reboot, and if you don't know what I'm talking yeah. about, that's the Walker Texas Ranger, that Chuck Norris Sunday Night Staple.
1: I've pulled out of CW at this point. I used to watch all that CW stuff. I pulled out. Well, I like that you said that you pulled out
0: because the CW app (laughs) is called the CW Seed. So you no longer are doing the CW Seed. It's a bit.
1: I thought that was (laughs) off. I was like, ooh, what are you (laughs) seeding over
0: here, sir? This is a little aggressive with your your branding. Um, Um, But, I mean, let me tell you quickly about that show. That show is at its all time fucking. It's at its most cringeworthy, almost Mm. 90% of the time. How political is that show? Uh, I mean, I do not even want to get into it. It hits all, it, it checks all the boxes and, and that's why it's so strange to me because it's, it's the exact antithesis, uh, in all its stances of what the Walker Chuck Norris version was. So why even call it this? Why even, um, and it's not like this, this Paladecki guy that the main character or the actor can do a How? flying jump kick. I don't understand what we're well, doing. Let me
1: here. ask you this. How are you going to re- reboot a show meant for, you know, old men? basically for young people and and there's so many of those old men shows and i watch them now as an old man (laughs) and i love them i might watch them as a kid too but um i just don't see how you reboot some of this stuff and have it be any good and i'll be damned if if i can think of any you know gen z or kid you know anyone in their 20s or in their teens that are gonna watch walker texas ranger Nobody even knows who the fuck I just Jeff don't Norris even is. get it. Why would anyone want to watch that at that age? They're not. No, they don't. They don't.
0: And they, they barely that's know who crazy. the lead actor is, unless you've seen Supernatural or whatever that show he was on forever. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, not to go off on this, but I just, I, you know, I'll spend my time watching that, but not something I actually want to watch, because I just hate watch that anyways. And I just, <laughs> how, how long are you going to watch this? Until I fucking like it, that's where. <laughs> Which ain't happening, so... Well, that's going to wrap up episode 370. Oh, we want to thank you guys for joining Trevor and I on this inaugural video podcast. Uh, <laughs> check us out on the YouTube channel, the Movie Mavericks YouTube channel. we got a bunch of content on there. We also have auditory podcasts for you, available on Spotify, YouTube as well. Also on, where are we, Podby? We're all over the place. Basically, wherever you can get something in your ear, everything. we're going to be whispering yeah. in your ear to you guys. If you
1: can't handle the eyesight of us, um, you can certainly handle the ear hearing of us i don't know what you'd say yeah but yeah um well we can invade any crevice of your body you'd like yeah any we opening it. will jump available. right in there um <laughs> trevor's looking to, to cwc that real quick
0: <laughs> all right speaking for trevor anderson here on my right i am jason rugard and we are the movie mavericks oh my another magnificent episode has come to an end If you're craving more, set your destination to MovieMavericks.com Warp 9. Engage!